You telling the people that we switching? Yeah, I'm gonna tell them when I first start. Topics. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's what I forgot to do. Let me do it now. <sighs> You feel like you got the audio together now? Yeah, I, I'm glad you can hear. As long as you can hear me, that I'm good. That I just got to figure out how I can hear my myself. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotta. That's what they a little more. Yeah, you know YouTube, child. YouTube tell the whole story. Yes. <laughs> you want to know something? You go to YouTube, child. Oh my goodness! All right, oh yeah. It's all no though. It is. It is. Why do I love Super Bowl Sunday so so much? Because the energy be so high, it be so wonderful. Everybody be so happy and so. Don't they be so happy? Yeah. I mean, they be, I don't know if I should say combative, not combative, but you know, they, everybody just be in good spirits during that time. Everybody I be love hyped. it. I yes, love I it. Agree. I love it. I love good spirits. Yes. Don't know what that is. So my Matrix video, and I finally got almost everything done, and I'm gonna drop it next week, probably next weekend. Excellent. Yes. What I saw is pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, it took a lot of creation, creating to do it, but to see it come to life is pretty incredible. Because you like, you have a, a vision in your mind, you know, about something. So it's like, uh, then to see mm -hmm. it manifest, it's like, wow. It's some really talented people out there to, you know, be able to make your stuff come to life. Sheesh. I need to readjust. I can't see right there. But I... But well, a timer went down quick, it seemed like. <laughs> Didn't it? Yes, but I guess I was readjusting and trying to make sure I was logged in and can see everything, so... All right, down to less than a minute. Yeah.
Ouch. Welcome to the Love Kanique podcast. My name is Kanika. My name is Vanita. And we are back for another live show. Yep, yep. Um, as always, um, thank you for tuning in. And if you are new to the channel, which you probably are because it's a new channel, if you don't mind subscribing to the channel and liking the video and also hitting the notification bell if you don't mind so you'll know when we go live which is usually Wednesday and maybe Sundays going forward uh, I would really appreciate uh, your uh, support um so we were going to do a show tonight on um is religion helping or hurting specifically Christianity um, helping or hurting black people, but we're going to, we have a quick little change of topic tonight. Um, we, we're going to talk about uh, unworthiness and why so many people feel unworthy. Um, what brought this uh, to the forefront is Vanita and I, um, we, we've been friends for I think now it's maybe 17 years. I think we met in like 2005, mm-hmm. you know, at a job then. You know, being uh, best friends, we talk about a lot of things um, that we're going through, you know, yes. dealing with. And a topic that has always been in the forefront, you know, of our discussions is the the feeling of not feeling good enough. So we're we're gonna talk about why we felt, you know, not good enough for so long, why so many of you and people feel not good enough, and you know, what we all can do to combat um that feeling. So and this is based off of our perception. Yeah, this is based yes. off our our perception. So um, I want to kind of talk, I want to kind of start by talking about, um, where I believe my unworthiness started, okay. um, growing up, I was, you know, the dark skinned girl. Um, of course you can see that clearly. And I remember growing up, um, specifically in school, and not not only was I the dark-skinned girl, but I was a tall girl. So I was tall and dark-skinned 
growing up in the 80s when my perception was that short and light skin was the thing to be. And that thought was solidified by my perception of who the boys liked. Um, I perceived that um, the boys, you know, were all um, liking the lighter skinned girls and I was being overlooked. Um, so for a long time, probably not, probably up until, I don't know, ninth or 10th grade, I always felt that I just wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't light skinned enough, um, that I wasn't short enough. I wanted to be short. I was tall like a (laughs) giraffe, but I wanted to be short. Um, and, and I perceived that because I was tall and everybody else was short that I just, I just wasn't a pretty girl and that nobody was the boys and say nobody, they weren't going to like me. So, um, that, that, that's one of the, the first places I remember feeling, uh, unworthy as, as a child. Uh, another, another, when I look back, a uh, place that I believe my unworthiness started is when I realized that my father, my biological father wasn't in my life and I couldn't understand uh, why he was not wanting to be around me. And um, I, I remember, you know, asking my mom, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, what the problem was. And you know, she would only tell me, you know, I'm not keeping you away from your father. He just don't want to be here. You know, your father has full access to you. He just, for whatever his reason, he just doesn't want you, you know, and she wasn't saying it to be malicious. You know, she was just letting me know that I don't want you to think you, I'm keeping you, you from your daddy. I'm, I'm, you, I'm not. Um, so I remember going, you know, subconsciously, it was subconscious. It wasn't, con- I wasn't consciously thinking I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel good enough for my daddy to want in me in his life. I remember uh, becoming a teenager and starting to get a little bit angry about it. Although I had a stepfather in my life since I was one years old. I wasn't lacking a father figure. My father was in the house. My stepfather was in the house the whole time, but it was something about me not having my real daddy there that I felt like I felt thrown away. That's I felt true. like he threw me away. Like who? I, cause, cause in my mind, I couldn't figure out why would you not want to be in your only child's life? That made no sense to me. You know, why wouldn't you want your only kid? So it got to be something about me that he feels that, that it can be thrown away, but it was subconscious. So um, that subconscious thought of not being good enough when I started to, you know, get a little older, you know, and begin to date as a teenager, um, you know, well, late teens, you know, 18, 19, 20, that subconscious thought began to play out in my romantic relationships. I remember, um, you know, beginning to date, you know, and it not working out. It never worked out. And, you know, every time it wouldn't work out, that thought of, well, they don't want you either. Like, see how you were thrown away again? That thought began to play. Every time I perceived I was left 
you know, I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm young, 20, 21, 22. Nonetheless, every time I perceived I was left, I that thought of not being good enough or being able to be thrown away, it, 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 it just, it was just more of it. It's just piling on, piling on, piling on to I never forget. Um, I had met this guy and I think I've told his story on other, on other shows. And to make a long story short, I tell that on another show, I was beginning to date him and, you know, everything was good, going good. I was 23 and all of a sudden he began to back up, you know, and this is somebody I thought the connection was amazing. So this wasn't just like a, this was somebody I thought I could have met. Like it was the best connection I've ever had with a guy. But all of a sudden he just started to back up. He just started to back up, back up, back up. And then, you know, the, 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 the call stopped, the text slowed, you know, we wasn't texting, but you know, it, everything slowed down and he just backed up. And I remember coming home from work on uh, one day and I was living by myself. I'll never forget it in Lithonia. And I remember putting my stuff down and walking past my mirror and um I'm gonna looking at myself and I just began to cry I just began to bawl and I was like God what is it about me that nobody wants me what is this and I mean I think that was probably one of the deepest prayers I've ever prayed in my life because I was truly trying to understand why I wasn't lovable. I was trying to, I didn't get it. I did, I couldn't figure it out. So that's when, um, you know, and I have a video coming out about this, you know, in the next couple of weeks, y'all look, look for it. That's when God showed up, you know, in my life to show me the error of my perception and I was perceiving myself through the eyes of um, an experience that was just an experience. It wasn't the truth. Like I was judging myself based on what I, who I thought were the people that were supposed to love me, but couldn't or didn't or wouldn't or whatever the situation may be. But at the end of the day, you know, what God began to show me is they did the best they could with who they are, who they were. Like my dad didn't have his parents. His mother gave him to mm -hmm. his, you know, great aunt. He was mm -hmm. all, you know, so he wasn't able to just where he was um, in his life. He just wasn't able to um, be that for me. But that did not mean that I wasn't good enough and worthy enough. Because at the end of the day, what God showed me is, is that, you have to look at yourself through the way I see you, you know, through God's eyes. And I think that's a huge problem with people and humanity. Everybody, they're judging themselves through what people say, through what women say, through what men say, through what your parents say. And your parents as, you know, listen, they do the best, even if you had parents, you know, they do the best they can with the little knowledge that they have. So, um, to make but I think that people are loving one another and each other through what they perceive is the way God is saying they love them. What do you mean? Like, I, I think that uh, we can go to our parents. Our parents loved us 
based off of the experience that they had, based off of what their parents taught them God was, because until you have a profound experience of your own of, of God, they're going off of what they think it is the best way that they can. And I think us as humans, as people are doing the exact same thing with one another. You're on mute. You're absolutely right. It's a lot of broken perception being passed down from generation to generation. Like you said, people are doing the best that they can, but the best that they can is still not the image in which who you are in God's eyes. You know what I mean? But you, if you don't know that, if you've never had, like for instance, I think most people love their grandmother. I can safely say, I think that most people would say their grandmother is probably an image of love, of unconditional love that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to, we can't fathom God's love. That's part of the problem. We can't fathom the depth of God's love because the only thing we really have to go by is our parents. You know what I mean? Our parents, our grandparents, the people that raised us. So we can't quantify the depth of how God loves us. But I'm using our grandmother as an example, because I think a lot of people can safely say, you know, their grandmother really loved, loved them. And I think that's, if you're going to use an example um, mm-hmm. the way that God loves, you know, loves us and sees us in that way, not in the way that, you know, men, no shade to men, the men see us because we're not a size eight. You know what I mean? A lot of women, we're judging ourselves. We don't feel worthy enough because we're, you are looking at your, you're looking at yourself through what he's saying or what they're saying, instead of knowing that you're none of that, you, you are a soul made in the likeness and image of God. That's the, that, that's the, the, the point. That's what a lot of people are missing. Um, in this and whole I got experience. you, I guess part of it is the evidence behind it is what they're not seeing. If there's no evidence, most people, they're just going off of a, um, either what was taught to them or what they perceive it's supposed to be or whatever book or movie or TV show, whatever that is. But because there's no profound evidence to show such, they they're doing the best that they can. I don't know how to say it any, any other way beyond that. Is it, is it really loving? Because according to what I have heard, uh, I don't know the Bible that well, but from what I've heard, as far as the Bible is concerned, we're supposed to, God loves all of us and we're supposed to love each other in the same image as God. But we're not, if, if you're saying that the profound love that God has for us we're should, we should be showing the image of that to one another. That doesn't show evidence right now amongst one another. Because like we have said, and like you see on shows, a lot of us, at least within our community, are killing one another or we're at war, or we're fighting nonstop. So uh, are we saying that's the image? That's not the image of God that I think we're, we're saying it is. Do you see what I'm saying? 
So are you saying because of the way we're treating each other, you don't really believe, you don't really know if people really believe in the God they say they believe in? Well, I think they believe in God the best way that they can. Which is? The best way that they can. Well, they're showing the actions of such right now. So they're showing how they feel. uh, Because if we're all connected is is what we've been taught as far as the Bible is concerned. We're all connected to one another. We're all love, but we're not showing love to one another. So when we come back and say that we love God in the same image and God is, we're all, everybody has God in them, then how is that so? I don't understand how it's so. So if somebody can advise or or give me a different example or give me some different evidence, I would love to hear it. That I mean, I, I, the, the, you made a poignant question. Are people do people really believe in God, or are people repeating what they've been told? Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's more so do repeating really what they have been told. Yeah, yeah um, I'll give an example. So a friend of mine, um, I was having a conversation with him, and we were talking about um, coincidences. So I was saying I believe in coincidences and karma. And he was saying, I don't believe in coincidence and karma. I think those are just situations that happen. And I asked him why. And he said, because there's no evidence that these things, there's a such thing as coincidences or or karma. So I said, well, and I gave him an example to just quickly give you guys an example. Um, Knew a friend, went into a store, um, ended up stealing a dress. And by the time she got to her car, the amount of the dress, uh, she had locked her keys in her car. So she had to call a tow truck to un- come unlock the car. And when the tow truck driver came, the amount of the tow truck was the exact same amount of the dress. So I perceive that that was karma. Like, I feel like that was God, the universe, whatever you want to call the higher power, uh, letting you know, listen, you're not going to get over like that. Like there's structure to the world and you have to obey that structure or I'm going to show you how you're going to obey, obey that structure. You know, that's how I perceived it to be. I felt like that was a message when she uh, told me the story. So when I gave him that evidence, he was saying that, um, No, he feels like it was just a situation that happened. And he went on to say, what if she would have locked her keys and her wallet in the car? And by the time she even realized the wallet was in the car, she didn't even make it into the store. So she still would have had to pay the amount of money that she paid to get the keys unlocked. So in him saying that, I understand where he was coming from based off of his perception of it. I saw it different. But so I went on to ask him, well, you feel like it has to be evidence, but you believe in God. Do you have evidence of God? And he said to me, no, I don't have any evidence, but I was taught to believe in God. And Mm -hmm. I'm saying that to say, I think that is the case with a lot of people. They were taught to believe in God, but have they had profound experiences to know that there is, like I said, God, higher power, however you want to call it yeah you know it are you really is it really that for you do you feel like you've had a profound experience or are you just riddling off what you have been taught 
And I think majority is just riddling off what they have been taught. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, listen, we all go off a blueprint. We all do. So that, that profound experience with God changes your life. It does. Listen, I never forget the first time I knew God showed up for me. I was about, it's a couple of times, but I'm, I'm going to use this example. I was about 15 years old, and I never forget, I was driving home. I lived in uh, a small town, and uh, I had a friend who lived about, I don't know, 30, 40,000 minutes away, a guy. And I went to see this guy and ended up leaving his house, house, his house late, like, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning. I was like 16 or 17 years old. Lord have mercy. Nonetheless, <laughs> you know, I, I'm traveling down the highway and my tire um, began to shake really bad. Now, mind you, this is like uh, 1994. Okay, so it's no cell phones. It's no cell phones. Really, no lights either on the on the stretch of the say. highway that I was. It was black dark. No cell cell phones didn't exist. So okay, it was just me and basically the highway. I mean, my tire was shaking really bad. It was bad, like shaking. So I'm going down the highway and I'm like two exits from from the house. So I begin like, oh my god, my tire is about to pop. It's about to burst. Like any minute now and I'm out here it's three o'clock in the morning you know in the middle of the night I'm gonna have to like sit in our car and hope to God that in the morning someone finds me because my tire is about to pop and I and I started to pray I mean I was like God please get me home please just get me just get me to the exit if you can get me to the exit you know I know that I'll be okay just get me to the exit just get me to the exit just praying and I began to pray the tire began to shake even worse like it was shaking the entire car so, you know, still praying. Uh, that is time tears, you know, are coming down the eyes because I know that my tire is about to pop. So, you know, I'm getting closer to the exit, getting closer to the exit, and car still shaking really bad. Got to the exit. Whew, tire hadn't popped. Okay. Right? So I okay. get off the exit and I was like, well, shit, my tire still hadn't popped. Let me see if I can make it home. You know, it's still shaking real bad, still shaking real bad. I'm going. I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm like, I'm like, Seven minutes away, you know. The good thing is, I know I'm off the exit. So if the top seven I minutes is yeah, a long seven, time, I know. I'm like seven minutes away, I'm going down, you know, the long street or whatever. I'm going and shaking really bad. I'm like, oh my god, it's any second now. But at least I'm off the exit. All the way to my driveway, I get in the driveway, pull in the driveway, cut my car off, and boom, popped. Wow. I knew it was God. I, I was so I was so amazed and thankful that God it's almost like God held the tire together for me until I made it safely home. I knew it was God. I even at that age, 16 years old, I knew God was real at that moment. I knew it. I, it was no coincidences for me. It was nothing for me. And, and it really, at 16 years old, it changed because I was raised in a church. I grew up, you know, Sunday school, mm -hmm. 
used to speak, sang in the choir, all of that. So I had always been taught about God, heard about God all my life. But when I had that experience of knowing that God had heard my prayer, it solidified to me that God was real. It was real. Um, And I think that's, uh, what the experience a lot, and I, I've had several since then, and um, I'll talk about them, you know, in the future and videos or whatever. But mm-hmm. the experience of when God shows up, it really does change. It changes. It changes not only the way you see others, but the way you see yourself, because you know for sure that it's something bigger than this going on. And when I say bigger than this, bigger than just dating and going to work and, you know, trying to, you know, get some money. It's it's so much bigger than that. But because so many people, like you said, have been told about God, but are not experiencing God, they're looking for stuff outside of, um, outside of themselves validation outside of themselves because they don't know who they are, which is made in the likeness and image of God. But if you don't really know for sure, there is a God, what do you do? You know what I mean? You coexist. You, you, well, coexist is kind of hard, but you make it and move the best way that you can. You're, you're making the best decisions that you can for yourself on a day-to-day basis. And if you don't know anywhere else to look or any other direction to look or any other Avenue, then you're going to continue on doing the same thing over and over and over, you know, I agree. Yeah. The where do you think your unworthiness stemmed from? Oh, mine definitely stemmed from me not having my mom and dad, uh, period, not being raised by my mom or dad. Uh, I've said in previous episodes, I was raised by my great um, aunt, my grandmother's sister. So for me, that's definitely where mine came from. Um, kind of what you said, it, it not realizing, but in my mind, it was. Well, shit, I was thrown away by my mama and my daddy. Like, wait a minute, you know, so it it has ran pretty deep for me and I've had to um, search and find my I think my biggest thing for me was. I had to ask some why am I here? That was my biggest question. Why am I here? You you can't just have me here just going day to day to day um, raising a kid and that's that's it. Like, that's all like to me, it it had to be more than this. Or to me, you can just take me out. Just what, what am I here for? A lot of people feel like that. You know, they're right. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I started profoundly asking that question over and over and over and crying and, and asking over and over. And, um, so I see snippets of it now, you know, um, but I, I, I still ask that question every day until I feel like I've gotten a, uh, I don't know if I should say a clear picture. Yeah. But what I do know that um, it's just day-to-day evolution, if you will, like day-to-day awareness of self. And um, my biggest thing is just self-love because the space that I came from, um, in my upbringing was, uh, so broken, 
and so abandoned. Most people don't have a situation where they don't have their mother and their father. They usually have one or the other. That's you know. true. Very true. Most people have at least their grandmother. That wasn't the case for me, you know. So it, it's been my search for self-love is deep for me. So that's, oh, that's all. Deep. Yeah, that's, that's where deep. I am with it. That's deep. Tell me about your tell me about your your search for self-love. Do you know when it started? Do you know when you started? Because because you don't know that you have these feelings about yourself until I don't know, somebody comes into your life until something happens and then you start to because you don't even know it. You know what I mean? You're just no, really you existing. You yeah, you are. Uh for me it was um after I had my daughter, shortly after I had my daughter, I had an experience with a gentleman where um I, the experience that I was going through was profound. So it was for me a combination of me having my daughter and once I had my daughter and I needed to make sure that I took care of her the best way I could between that. And then again, like I said, the experience of the gentleman that I had, which that's a different show guys. So I'll go into that more later. We'll do that in the future. Yeah. That's a future show. (laughs) Yeah. But between those two experiences and Listen, anybody that have kids know what that plight is. When you're taking care of a child day to day to day, it's a lot of pressure on you. And you're making a lot of choices, not just for yourself, but for that child, too. Um, I felt like it was overwhelming as hell. Like it, it was over the top for me. And a lot of times the best way I can describe it was between both of the experiences, I felt like I was drowning. Like I was literally in the ocean drowning That's deep, and I could not breathe. That's deep. Um, so for me, if anybody has listened to some previous episodes, I didn't start off believing in God. Like I didn't come from a religious background at all. Um, everyone, uh, in my family that I was raised by, we were more spiritual than anything. Um, did we attend church on occasions? Yes, but it wasn't no everyday thing. And my great aunt wasn't in the house saying, go read the Bible or we going to Sunday school or we going to church this Sunday. It was every blue moon. So for me, um, once I had the experience of my daughter in the, the gentleman, I started trying to figure out how do I survive this world? And with um, Kanika and one of our other girlfriends, they would speak because they had experiences of God already. They would let me know, listen, it seems like you keep asking for this. This is what's coming to me in my dreams, or this is what keeps coming to me when I'm meditating. And God's telling me to tell you to, um, you got to step out on faith. Like you got to step out, step out of your fears. And I was like, man, y'all don't know what the hell you're talking about. But what I did know is the space that I was sitting in, I was drowning. Yeah. And I needed to stop drowning because in my mind at the time, I wasn't going to make it. So I had to step out of that experience some way, somehow. I, I didn't have shit to lose. Real talk. Yeah. So it was step out and, and do exactly what they're saying and see where it leads me. I didn't have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. 
So in that, I started having my own profound experiences of, uh, of God. Yeah. It changes your life. And I think that's what so many people are missing. But, you know, the sad thing about all of this is God is always here. And that's one of the, the lessons, one, probably one of my greatest spiritual lessons, guys. I never forget it. My mom had an aneurysm in 2003. And mm-hmm. because she had an aneurysm, an after effect of that aneurysm was she has chronic seizure disorder where she would just have random seizures. I don't know, every couple of months, um, even though she was on medication, it's just a symptom of brain trauma. Anytime you have trauma on the brain, you know, you're going to have some issues going on. Yes. And. Yeah. Um, mm. OK, so in that. I get it. Yeah. Some very. Yeah. She um, was in the hospital. On and off a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I was taking care of her the best way that I, you know, knew how because I'm the oldest child and, you know, everything falls on the oldest a lot of times, especially the girls, you know, mm-hmm. that. Um, and it was a lot, you know, trying to take care of her and um, work, keep a roof over my head. Um, yes. It's a lot. And I. I did the best I can I could for you know the uh, seven years, but I was drowning. I really mm-hmm. was because as the more seizures she seizures she's had seizures seizures she's had, the more it began to wear on her memory. So you know she began to lose her memory. So a lot of things she couldn't do for herself anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make sure she's okay and keep a roof over our head and do all of those things. And uh, I remember her being in the hospital one Thanksgiving and um, me going up there Mm -hmm. with her because she would have seizures and then she would be in the hospital for two or three days and she would come back around. And I was sitting in the hospital because I got her a plate from my auntie's house and my girlfriend at the time who lived in another state, she called me and she could hear the beeping from the machines behind me and she was like where are you at and I was like um I'm at the hospital with mama and she was like your mama's in the hospital and I and I'm like yeah she had a seizure and she was like well how long has she been in the hospital and I was like I don't know three four days she's like I've talked to you several times and you've never mentioned that your mother was in the hospital mm-hmm. and I was just like I don't know. And then I don't know why she was like, Kanika, why do you do that? And I was like, why do I do what? She was like, why do you feel like you have to carry everything on your own? Why do you feel like you have to carry everything by yourself and you never let anybody know when you're going through stuff? Why do you do that? And you know, it's when she said it, I paused because honestly, I never even thought about it. I never mm-hmm. even realized that I was doing it. And I was, and I thought to myself, I don't even know why I do that. That's and it. I remember walking, you know, leaving the hospital and walking back to my car and sitting in the car 
and cranking the car up. And I remember I just began to cry. I just broke down. And I remember saying to God, I am tired. I was like, God, I am so tired. I need help. I need help. Mm -hmm. And I kid you guys not. It wasn't the next day. uh, I had a friend of mine who um, I was kind of dating at the time. And um, to make a long story short, he ended up just so happy. um, He I had to go pick him up from somewhere he was. And um, for whatever reason, he just kind of ended up staying at my house. Like he just never left. And wow. him being there, you know, it was like the next day, he took over a lot of the financial responsibilities. You know, he, you know, helped out a lot financially um, with a lot of the bills. He also helped with my mom a lot. And this isn't something that I asked him to do. It just kind of happened. But in looking back at that moment, I know that because I surrendered to how I was feeling mm-hmm. in the moment. And I said, I, I said, God, I need help. Mm-hmm. God answered because in my mind, I didn't think I had anybody. I thought I had to do it all by myself. Mm -hmm. But what I learned in that moment is God was always there. Yes. God was always there. I just wasn't aware of it. And I think that's where a lot of us uh, go, go wrong. That's what the error is. We think God is out there or over there, over here, up there, whatever. When God is really always in us you know, with mm-hmm. us. And that taught me that like, God was just waiting on me this whole time. The only thing I had to do was surrender and say, I need help. And mm-hmm. just like that, God showed up just like that. So I think people are searching for I think they're searching for it. What they're searching for is love, but they're searching for the love of God, but they're trying to get it through people you know what I mean they're trying to get it through and hold on now I believe that God speaks through people because clearly oh oh, God God spoke straight through the gentleman that came in and helped you out Mm -hmm. God speaks through God has spoken through several times through I listen I know when God is talking to me through people I I I Mm -hmm. It, it pierces my soul. Like I, even a lot of times they don't know it. They'll say something. Yeah. And I think to myself, I agree. Oh my God, you know, God is answering their prayer or, you know, I prayed about that or whatever the situation they did. And they have no idea, you know, that God has used them, you know, mm-hmm. to, to speak to me. But does, does that happen to you? Yes, it does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Many so, a time. Um, again, but, it's, you got to be aware. I think a lot of people yeah. don't even think that God talked to people. People think that God that. only talked to people back in the Bible days, but God is talking to us all the time. I agree with that. Every day, God is yeah. communicating through people, through TV, through books, through movies. But you got to be, mm-hmm. first of all, you got to know that you're worthy to hear from God. Going back to the title of this, this, this show, Unworthiness. A lot of people don't even believe that they're good enough to hear from God. And again, it's because of whatever break, bro, you know, whatever broken 
vision you had as a child, like mm-hmm. Vanita said, no mama and no daddy, you know, they mm-hmm. threw me away. You know, if they exactly. don't love me, who gonna love me? You know, exactly. but again, it, the, the story is not true. The story we were telling ourselves through our past experience is not true. And the way you combat that is you have to become aware of your thoughts because it's all stories that we're telling ourselves. You know what yes. I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's your it's your head, it's your it's really your ego. And I have a a, a video coming out on this gonna explain ego, I hopefully in the most elementary way that I could think Possible. of it. Yeah, it's yes. that cute that people can understand the ego, which are, you know, your thoughts, labels, titles, such mm-hmm. as, you know, boy, girl, doctor, uh, you know, black, white, all of these, all of that's ego. We're not any of that. We're souls. Ego is just identification in society that's all it is and i think a lot of people mistake who they are their real self with their ego self because you constantly thinking you know what i mean mm-hmm. how many times people tell you you this or you that all the time all the time all the time all the time you know and it's time. funny to me but i I'm not, I know I'm not those things so it's hilarious to me that that's really what they perceive though that it is wholeheartedly what they perceive because they don't know who they are either they think yeah. they're their ego too you know mm-hmm. they, everybody yes. thinks that they're their ego so they're <laughs> you know they're pushing that you know that off on you where you're this you know you know you're not smarter and it, it, we tell ourselves that too i have a mm-hmm. you know a gentleman who be who's on my podcast uh, you know quite a bit and he's you know a very articulate guy you know very mm-hmm. down to earth though a very articulate guy and I've had people come back to me and ask me, is he a scholar? Yes, <laughs> you know? same here. I it's, just had somebody ask me, does he have a PhD? I'm like, <laughs> right. Does he what? Have a PhD? Like, why do you perceive he has a PhD? Right. And because they're judging themselves against. They are. They're comparing. Yeah, they're comparing. Mm-hmm. They're looking at themselves, mm-hmm. thinking to themselves, well, I don't talk like that. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know as much as he know. <laughs> Yes, yes. And it it is making them feel inadequate. It's making Mm -hmm. them feel inadequate. And then I hear that a lot of men saying that about their pockets. Well, women are saying that we're not good enough because we make da 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 da. -da, But how do you feel about you? It don't matter what women are saying. How do you feel about you? That's all that matters. As I have said several shows, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's definitely a mindset. Can you it's explain that? Can you explain that it's a mindset? Well, see, it, like I said on previous shows, because we're so attached to these titles and these images that um, we all have perpetuated in this world, uh, from the media to everything in this world to one another, that as I have said in previous episodes, when I give a money amount, it's because when they have that money amount, it changes their mindset on whether they feel like they're worthy enough. So those that make less than that perceive that they're less than no different than the story you just gave about the gentleman on our show that 
does the ph you know they perceived he had a phd just because he articulates his words a particular kind of way and have read and researched stuff so he in his mind he has evidence of whatever the topic is yeah so absolutely absolutely that it's a mindset we all based off of where you are and what you how you're seeing yourself is how you move in the world a lot of times Absolutely. And, and, and so many of us have an era, you know, a perception of ourselves. Yes. We don't see ourselves as the beautiful, loving soul that God had continuously tells us that we are. We allow thoughts and people's opinions and labels to let us formulate our perception of ourselves again. Yes. So the key is being becoming aware of your thought processes because that's what's telling you the story and the stories are not true. Exactly. The stories are exactly. not true. So I'm going to have a lot of shows in the future um, about how to become aware of your thought processes because your thought processes are shaping your reality. That's why it's so yes, important it to grab that trash out of your mind yes unless that thought process is of love anything that's loving to yourself that's right honor those thoughts because those are true to who you are absolutely anytime you say you feel uh, something uh, about gosh i'm so stop it i'm not that i am love i am mm -hmm. i am compassion mm -hmm. i'm smart mm -hmm. i'm rich you got it yes. you've got to train your mind of all the good things that you want to see show up in your life yes you've got to retrain your mind anytime your mind starts to talk to you about what you are not and how bad you are and how much money you don't have you gotta see you gotta become aware up oh, there's one of those thoughts I don't like. Let me, let me exactly. stop it right there. Let mm -hmm. me replace it with a good thought. Yes. I like to do that. I like to re try to re replace my negative thoughts. Even when I might be really not feeling that way. I'm like, okay. Okay. Now, how would I feel if I was, you know, in love or rich? Exactly. Exactly. You know, how how would how do I imagine, you know, that would feel? And then that way, because what I want to do is I want to try to bring that forth in my reality because you again what you think you create. Okay. What you think and feel, you know, you create. So that's why it's yes. important to try to replace all of that negative stuff that your parents said, that your teacher said, that your ex said, that they mm -hmm. said, that them said, because they always talking. They always saying something. The people are always talking. Girl, the people <laughs> always say something. They yes. said, you supposed to do this. And they said, you so many people live their life from what they said. Yes. Run, they running everybody life. So, mm, boy. <laughs> I need life. them to come pay some bills. <laughs> That's what I need them to do. Because <laughs> they be running the show, boy. Yes. Who do you who do you think that you are? And if you think if mm -hmm. when you look at yourself, if you don't think that you're good enough, um, like Tiffany saying. 
do women think that they're unworthy because of me, what men say about them? Beauty standards, weight looks absolutely, yes, Tiffany. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what's going on with women. Yep. Women, women are notorious yeah. for seeing themselves through the eyes of men. Error and exactly. and vision. You, you, you're not what men say. First of all, again, I'm going to have a whole show on this. What do women think men are going to do for them? And and I say this is because we, women hold the, the validation of men so high on the totem pole. It's as if they're really going to get. Uh, what do women think men are going to give them? They can't even save themselves. <laughs> what do they think? What do you think you're going to get? Men don't emote. They're not even comfortable showing emotions. They really are not comfortable with love, the feelings of love. It makes them feel away. They're filled with, <laughs> they, they, they're only really good with anger. Uh, the sex is good maybe some of the time, not all of the time. You, a lot of times we have or make more money than them. So I don't understand why the validation of men is so high on a woman's total pole. What are you going to get? I'm going to do a whole show on what do women really get out of relationships? Vita, what do you think women really get out of relationships? What do you think we get? Well, I think they get whatever they perceive is the best from that man. So I think a lot of times that most have kids and they are drowning by the experience of kids. So anything outside of parents and their kids is something. It's something. That's deep. And what Tiffany says in the chat is really sad. She yeah. said that's sad for black women. But if you think about it, um, just a little bit, so many of us are settling for so little just to have somebody there. Because when I look around, I can count maybe on one hand the women who are getting just the same or more than the men. Most of the men are get think about it. We cook for them a lot of times. We shelter them. Because men don't let how many men you know let us move into their house? Mm. I I'll wait. Okay, so for me personally, I don't know any. I'm not saying it's none <laughs> out there. I'm not saying it's none out there. Uh, I'm sure it is, but me personally, I don't know any. Rarely happens. Most of the time, the the men are moving in with the women. That's a fact. Because men, men who got their own, they're just not finna bring no woman and her kids all over. That's fact. That's just not gonna happen. That's true. It's usually the other way around, and that's my point. Women are usually the ones who are giving, accommodating sacrificing all of that just to have somebody and it is really very sad so my point being saying this is what you're holding the validation of men so very high as if you're getting a, a boatload of stuff from them when you when it, the, it's a it's a it's a perception that is based in fantasy because if you look at it in reality most particularly black women, they're not getting a lot out of relationships. This which is which is why they don't stay in them. Which is why they get divorced. Black women divorce higher than any other race of women. Any other race of women. We are the divorce race at high. And even when we in relationships that are not married, we end up leaving them. 
we we are the ones who usually you know leave the relationship because we be giving too much and not getting a lot out of it that's just kind of how it goes so holding 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 the validation of men on this totem pole for what for what mm. you're not getting nothing again it's a choice women can continue to Hold what men say to high standards, but you better look the part. I know that. So if you want to, if Those you want to continue to get your valid, if you ladies, if you continue to seek your validation through the eyes of men, you better have a pretty face and a coke bottle shaped. And I don't care what race of men they, because men are about looks. Yeah, they are. They're about looks. Period. They don't, they don't care nothing about your heart. They don't care nothing about none of that initially they might grow to love that and take some time but initially they're all about your look so it would behoove you to see yourself the way god sees you because uh unless you're gonna you know go to the gym or whatever because men have a they just have a looks thing that's and even when you do look like they want you to look you still ain't getting much out of them because they don't have much to give. And I love men. I have nothing against men. Some of my closest friends are men. But men don't have a lot to give. They don't They, they don't even emote. They don't even show emotion. They're not comfortable with it. They'll be in the house with you and maybe help you pay some of the bills. But as far as getting a whole lot, women don't get a whole lot out of relationships. Like Vanita said, it's, it, what did you say, V? Something to, to pass the time of parenting. Yeah, they're just trying to get an escape from parenting a lot of times, mm -hmm. as you see the case. That's all it is. But um, it wasn't until I began to see myself, because again, I was trying to figure out why men weren't, you know, at 23, why men weren't keeping me, weren't, you know, staying with me, seeking validation through the eyes of men. God came and told me, that's not where you look for your love from. That's not where you see, seek your worthiness from. You're already worthy. It, it doesn't matter what men say about you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It doesn't matter that they don't feel like you're girlfriend worthy. You already are. And uh, you just got to know it. And that's the fight so many people are going to have. The battle, you know, so many people are mm -hmm. going to have to fight is knowing that you are and believing it. Mm-hmm believing it because even sitting here you know I, god told me i would be sitting here 20 years ago god told me i would be doing this right now 20 years ago but i didn't feel i i cried because i'm like i'm not even worthy to, i'm not worthy of any of that so you know i had it was many a years of fighting my own self about just feeling good enough to do what god has called me to do and i'm sure vanita same thing you know <laughs> even doing you know doing the podcast you know yeah that was, yeah, I never expected this, um, not yeah. at all. And and to know that I was, I always heard you have a calling, you have a calling. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, what are you talking about? Like, who who am I to tell something? Like, my mom wasn't there. My dad wasn't there. I'm raising a kid. I'm doing the best I can. What are you talking about? I, I don't have no message to tell anybody. I'm muddling <laughs> through this myself. Right, right. I said the same thing. Who am I? You know, to, to tell you know, I, who am I? I'm not that. Hey, you know, God. Always Here we says, are. 
Yeah. God, God says, who do I say you are? Exactly. No matter what they say you are, who do I say you are? That's Tiffany up. says, uh, they always say women leave marriages, but they never say why is due to cheating and lack of finances. You get that out of it. I can't, <laughs> can't necessarily be with her, disagree with her. I mean, it's true to that. It is. It is. It is. It is. When they get in it and the, the fantasy of what marriage is does not add up to the reality of what marriage is. That's so. true. But again, the primary basis of it, I believe, for a lot of women from what I have seen is based off of kids. A lot of men are just told looking me- for an, 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 you know, something else besides parenting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of men told you, what were you about to say? The relationship took a dive when they had children. There you go. Yeah. The relationship changed. The woman changed. The dynamics changed. Everything changed once the kids came and they just couldn't hold it together. But that's another show. Yeah. That's a whole show for, you know, another day. But you're right, Tiffany. They do leave the marriages because of cheating and and the cheating comes from what, V? <laughs> the kids. <laughs> the men. A lot of Everything that- really, really falls back to the kids. Because if you think about it, I would say to everybody, look at your relationship prior to having kids. How did you guys move with one another? How did things flow with one another? Um, and then reevaluate and look at it again after you had kids and see where the disconnect is. Be honest. Just truly be honest with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because from all cultures, when we've researched and looked, uh, every community, most of them have said, after I had my kids, things changed. I didn't expect it to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not the same. Well, they're not the same. That cheating... You know, women don't might not want to have sex. She's tired. She's keeping a whole little cute little human alive. So yeah, and men that doesn't compute for them. They don't go through a body change. Something happens with your body when you have kids too. So, yeah. I mean, we already have hormones that run through us. You know, as far as your your cycles and things like that are are concerned. So, to have a whole person inside of you is a whole another experience, and they it doesn't compute for them. They don't understand what that is. There's no way for them to. I was on a, I was on, um, I said that on a panel. I was on a couple of weeks ago. Um, cause I said, why then cheating? And then he, the, the panel was like, well, did she get that? And I was like, well, she had possibly had kids. They were like, so yeah, that's literally their thought process. They feel like that's an excuse for whatever reason, but they don't understand the body makeup in your experience. No different than I want to say um, a couple of shows back when we were asking the guys, what does it feel like to feel like you have to have sex all the time? Like, what is that? And um, our guy friend that was on the show, he was saying it's a build up within us that you don't understand. We have to release. Well, we'll never understand what that is. There's no way for us to understand what that is. Yeah. In turn, they don't understand what it is to carry a whole human being inside your body. They expect you to pop back and be the same person that you are, but 
you change tremendously after having a child. Mentally, physically, you change. Yeah. And I think that's the part couples don't really discuss. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they don't know and are ready for. And it just, you know, causes relationships to crash and burn. But that's, you know, that's another show for another day because that's a whole show in itself. But um, yeah, definitely. I am going to, uh, I do have a, a video coming um, hopefully mm-hmm. next week about my, the whole experience of being, of God showing up in my life, how God literally showed up in my life to show me um, myself and how, mm-hmm. you know, my unworthiness was creating my reality and how, uh, my worth didn't come from what men were doing or saying, you know, how they were, how I perceived they were treating me. Now, you know, I was, I am, and was always good enough. You know, I didn't need to look a certain way, have a certain complexion, have a certain degree, you know, live in a certain neighborhood, all of these things that people do and try, you know, try to be, so that they can be perceived as better than or good enough. God said, none of that matters. None of that matters. You are a soul made in my image. That's just ego. That's just content labels. It means nothing at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, when you die, we are going to, you, those labels, what's going to, all of it goes away. It doesn't Uh, matter. Nothing goes with you. (laughs) None of it. None of that goes with you. None of it. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day. So you're doing you're doing all of this, trying to get all of this approval from people for what? You're gonna die. <laughs> None of it will matter. Mm. So live your life for you. Live your life with knowing that God has already affirmed you. There's nothing you need to do. Now, if you want to go get degrees and nice cars and nice houses, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but you're not those things. And that's the beautiful thing about the place I am in my life. No matter how high I may go or where God may take me, the the people, places, and things, it's just people, places, and things. Um, I know who I am with or without all of that. I don't need any of that to feel like I'm good enough or worthy enough because God has already affirmed me. And I want everybody, that's my goal of this podcast is I want everybody to start seeing themselves the way that God sees them and not to what men say and what women say and what your friends say and your family say. Because they, they don't see themselves through the, it's, it, the, the blind leading the blind. You know, you can't mm-hmm. expect nothing from them because they don't know any better. They only know what they know. <laughs> yeah, this is the blind That's leading true. the blind. They only it know is. what they know. So That's if they don't know that they too are made in the image of God, they will try to gather things, content, labels, cars, this and that to make themselves try to feel worthy. But all of that's ego. None of that matters. So it's just a, it's an error in perception. And I'm going to try to help bring that around to, you know, basically show you what God showed me about myself. So, 
Do you have anything else, V? You want to add? Let me ask you this before I let you go. Where do do you sit now versus the Vanita of 2005? When you look back at yourself and how you saw yourself in 2005 versus 2022, how do you see that you've changed? Uh, I definitely love myself more. I thought, because see, coming up, I was, okay, you stated earlier that you wanted to be light-skinned and short. Well, I am light-skinned and short. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I still did not feel like I was the cute girl. I was chunky in school. So I, in my perception, I was a little fat girl in school. Um, so... I didn't feel like feel like I was looked at or admired or or you know was attractive to any of the guys either you know, yeah. and um, so from then to sitting now, I know that I am love and I am beautiful and I am phenomenal and I am smart. Uh, if you look listen to some of the other shows, um, I also advise that you know coming up. I, I didn't make good grades, so I didn't think I was smart at all or, or was able to articulate anything. Um, felt like I couldn't read. I, I I felt real low about myself. So today's Vanita is a totally different Vanita from back then. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It is it's phenomenal. A, it's freeing. Yes. That's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to free our minds because it's mm-hmm. all in your nine. It is. All in your nine, you know. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the evening. I want to thank everybody who tuned in, everybody in the chat, everybody watching Facebook, thank you. Watching. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you don't mind subscribing to the channel, and also liking the video, hit notification bell if you don't mind. So you know when we go live. As like I said, I have some videos dropping one that I'm very excited about. Um, that's going to explain, uh, tell them, tell the story of how God showed up, which is truly an amazing story. I'm like a we, I'm a real life Bible story. <laughs> I am a modern day Bible story. You wanted the chapters in the Bible. Girl, the, ch- the book of Tanique. <laughs> I feel you. I'm a modern day Bible story. So I'm going to share that with the world. Only a couple of people on earth know this story because it's so off the chain. I could only mm-hmm. share it with a couple of people, but I'm excited to bring that story to the world. And uh, as always, Vanita and I will be doing our podcast live on Wednesdays and Sundays, depending on what's going on. We may or may not do a show this Sunday because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, and yes, we're yes. Gonna go kick yes, it. yes. So, so we'll excited. See how we feel, uh, but we'll definitely be back next Wednesday, guys. Next Wednesday, join us. We have the women's panel. Yes. Panel of all women and we're going to tell tell me what women want. So mm-hmm. I have a line of questions for the, the, the ladies about men and they're going to tell it all. Yes. So I'm super excited about next week's panel. So definitely join us uh, next Wednesday, same time, 730. Um, yeah. And as always, uh, 
thank you and I we will uh see you if not Sunday next week so have a good evening bye guys good night <laughs>